everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I am the host of this weekly broadcast put on by SPED Homeschool, as well as the founder and CEO. We at SPED Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges, and I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about the resources and support that we offer families. Now, each month we talk about a different topic, and this month we're talking about school choice and Specifically today, we're going to be talking about citizenship, history, and school choice, and kind of how all of those go together. And uh, my guest uh, tonight is Dan Luer. And uh, so, um, Dan, I'm just going to read a little bit of your um, your bio, and then I'm going to have you tell our audience a little bit more about you, because you have lived an exciting life already, and um, I'm, I'm excited for them to get to know you. But um, Dan... Um, has a website called um, <laughs> History for Humans, and he is he taught in the, the public schools and still is, I, I think, um, as a social study teacher at, at a Title I public school. And in 2020, he was named Hawaii's State History Teacher of the Year by um, Gilder Learman Institute of American History. And, and so Dan is here to to talk with us about um, just cultivating citizenship skills through history lessons. So welcome, Dan, and I'm excited to hear what you have to share with us today. Yeah. Hi, Peggy. Um, hello, everyone out there. Um, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm yeah. excited for this conversation. It's, um, yeah, as Peggy said, um, I've, I've been teaching for 12 years, but I, I was an EA and a part-time teacher. So I'd been in schools for about 15 years, public schools, mm-hmm. teach at a rural, small school, like 600 students, seven through 12 on the big island of Hawaii. I grew mm-hmm. up in New Jersey. Um, I actually a took change. a sabbatical like five <laughs> years ago. Yeah, quite a, quite a change. Um, right outside New York City. And now I'm on like an, a, the whole island I live on is 180,000 people. So quite a difference. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> and um, yeah, I took a sabbatical like five years ago. I drove all across the country visiting schools mm-hmm. and collaborating with teachers, all different, you know, you're talking about school choice from religious schools, magnet schools, charter schools, private schools, public schools, mm-hmm. autistic schools, like schools for kids who are, you know, prison to school pipelines and stuff. So yeah. I've really kind of run the gamut of all different settings and hmm. got to kind of, put, you know, just put my, put my foot in the waters of them, but get a little taste of what it's like in different um, educational settings. And yeah. this year, I'm actually out of the I'm out of the classroom this year. I still have one online class that I teach. I teach an AP U.S. history course to online students from around the state of Hawaii. Hmm. And I stepped out of the classroom. I will be going back, but I this year I. I'm devoting myself to trying to build this online curriculum that um, maybe yeah. we'll get into later or whatever, but it's for teachers and homeschool parents, like a video-based uh, history mm-hmm. curriculum. So I'm not in the classroom. I'm missing it desperately. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put up your website sure. here. It's oh, called history, history for Humans. Yeah, and so. if you're listening to the podcast and not seeing the screen, um, it's spelled out history, but the four is a number four and then humans.com. So, yeah. So the first question I, I had for you, Dan, was, yeah. you know, just what's Yeah, so that's what I've been working on this year. I can't wait to get back to the, ed, the school setting, but mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. 
Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I think we have a little bit of lag in time, so I'm going to have to make sure I, I, I wait a little while before I dive into things like I usually do. But um, what sparked your interest in history, specifically as it relates to, um, to civics? So I grew up very... When I got to high school, I became pretty political. Um, I mm-hmm. kind of was like almost like an anarchist. I was like my brother kind of like molded me and like politicized me. But we were super involved with um, all different community um, things from feeding the homeless to going mm-hmm. to town hall meetings to going, going and staging protests. And mm-hmm. it just um, I was reading all the time. It kind of really like sparked when I was in high school. I kind of just like really had a fire sparked in me about making change when I was, you know, 16, 17, 18, super empowered by that. It's like when you can, you know, feel like you're making a difference when, mm. when you're young and just a teenager, it, it, I don't know, it like can really build you up. You're not just this little insignificant teenager. And then um, I studied political science in college and then went back and got an education degree and as a history teacher, I just always thought and always tried to tie together the relevancy of how studying history can empower us today to make change. I think the role of, you know, just all K through 12 education, it's not designed to get kids to be rich. And I think a lot of kids are always like, why aren't we studying how to, you know, manage our checkbooks and get a mortgage and start a business. And I try to tell my students, this was a realization I had just in the last couple of years, the goal of a humanities education, a a public school education that I'm in the background of is not just to make you rich. It's to make you live a rich life, no matter what your income is. Mm. And I think being an active citizen is just so enriching, enriching that it's a duty for a, particularly history teachers to impart that on them. I kind of, to get on my history nerd glasses, um, <laughs> after the American Revolution, there was this idea of Republican motherhood that since we have, we're not ruled by a monarch with a strong standing army that can enforce order, what is keeping the country from you know dissolving into chaos? And it was having citizens who would obey the law even when there wasn't someone forcing them to do so. And that the job was kind of placed upon mothers to raise good citizens, uh, particularly um, boys at the time who would participate in po- politics. But I kind of like, now I feel like that Republican motherhood could be like Republican teacherhood or Republican home, <laughs> home parenthood, that uh-huh. we, it's, it's our job on small R Republican to raise good citizens who are not only knowledgeable about history, but who understand the rights and the responsibilities that go along with it. Yeah, yeah, and that's very well put. I, I love what you said, to live a rich life, not to get rich. And, and it's, it so turns on the head of what we, um, we often will you know, tell our kids, well, you just have to do school so you can get a job and you can succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's not fulfilling. And if that's all yeah. we're telling our kids that they're doing school for, that it's going to be rather disappointing when it comes to, you know, them getting their career and say, this, this is what I get. <laughs> there's so much. Exactly. More. Agreed. Yeah. And that there's that one 
Bob Marley quote that I love. Um, um, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Mm. You know, and I, I love sharing that to the students because it just like flips them up. You know, they, they haven't thought, they think of money and wealth as the only thing that makes you rich when really mm. it's, it's, you know, being a part of something, being, having responsibilities, um, being connected to people and that and yeah. your community and people around you. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to remind our viewers, and um, we have quite a few who are watching right now, that you can be part of our conversation. We would love your questions and comments in the feed, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Um, we will see those and hopefully be able to incorporate them into our discussion. And we are talking about history, citizenship, and, and also about school choice. And the reason this is all tied in together is because we have this freedom, but um, we have this freedom because of the way that history has gone in our country. And, you know, you talk about school choice in other countries, it's not as open as the United States, even looking what's happened in the last 20 years within the United States and how our freedoms have changed because we have said we want more choices in education, um, but we have to know the history as well as um, to be the citizens that stand up and say, this is the choices we want. Um, so kind of tying that all in, um, Dan, can, for parents home educating our next generation, can you tell us how historical knowledge affects that um, civic participation? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, like if you open any civics you know, textbook or workbook, the first few chapters before you get into, you know, how to make change and be, um, you know, your rights and responsibilities, it's going to be grounded in history, going mm -hmm. back to like, you know, the Greek and Roman states. So that is foundational without knowledge of your history and particularly as American citizens, American history, the good, the bad and the ugly, the whole story, the um, it's the rights and responsibilities and your, the decisions you make as a citizen don't really make sense. And it's nearly impossible to take informed decisions when mm -hmm. you don't have, you know, history gives us the context. And even though it's looking into the past, it's sometimes in a way looking into the future because history mm -hmm. doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes, as uh, Mark Twain said. So, oh, wait, I've seen this before. It's not exactly the same, but when we tried that, that didn't work. So it is paramount to have a good, solid foundation in American history from colonial days forward. But even like that is tied to European history, especially. And, right. you know, there, there might be issues with Eurocentricism, but it's that's where American history um, was, was founded upon. Um, so, and so there's a strategy that I can, I don't know if how many teach, how many homeschool parents are using, um, like Google, Google forms is one way that you can do auto graded quizzes and tests just to make sure yes. multi, for multiple choice. Like you want to make sure that they understand, you know, basics who was, you know, not just like the presidents and their parties, their mm -hmm. achievements, but also things like, you know, how long your representatives, Congress versus Senate, how many years of their terms, the pr mm. president, how often they're elected, um, number of, you know, two-year terms. You want to make sure, even though memorization is not the hallmark, that's not what we want only to get to. We need to get to deeper levels of learning and critical thinking. Mm -hmm. I actually want to push back against, especially in 
education and teachers, there's almost like they like turn down their noses at memorization. Oh, we don't need to memorize anything today because I can just look up who was the 13th president. Mm. I can look up mm. when, you know, why America won the war of 1812. But I think when you actually learn things and memorize things, it, it grounds you. You right. like not knowing that Lincoln emancipated the slaves and that helped him win the civil war, not knowing that it's like, you're, you can't, I don't feel like you can share in what it means to be an American without knowing these things. And that's why there's a citizenship test to become a citizen. It's not just years of service. Right. Oh, you've lived here for this many years without committing crimes. You have to yeah. pass a test because the history is what grounds us mm. and connects us. And now it, like today with being so globally connected, we need to make right. sure that we instill a good understanding of our history. So one thing I would encourage mm. You want to, you can try to get, not, not get those out of the way, but just to ensure a good foundational understanding before mm. you do the deeper level, you know, project-based stuff and um, presentation, working on different skills to just make mm. sure that there are mastering the content. I do like Google form um, quizzes and there might be a 20 question mm -hmm. quiz and it's auto graded. And what I make mm. my students do is they have to get hundred percent on it. Ah, so, okay. And so they have yeah. a little study guide. It has like all mm -hmm. the major questions. Mm -hmm. And I teach at a, you know, a struggling title one school. And some of the kids are like, well, we have to get a hundred percent. Sometimes I'll say an A, you have to get a 90. And mm -hmm. maybe, you know, if you have a struggling learner at home, maybe you only, you know, maybe you can start and you can start at, as a B, but just for the foundations, you know, who was the mm. first president, you know, who wrote Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the different parts, whatever it is. But I really think this can be a way to ensure a foundational understanding of history. These auto-graded quizzes, they can retake them. So, oh, mm -hmm. you got three wrong. Okay, let's look at the ones you got wrong and you can retake it tomorrow. And it's a quick quiz, yeah. you know, it's like multiple choice, yeah. quick test. Um, it's actually one of my, my mentor teachers when I was in high school, he wrote a book and he kind of introduced this strategy to me and the importance of it. It's called hundred percent, a hundred or nothing. Um, mm. Reimagining success in the classroom. And he was my high school teacher and he just making, holding that bar up for the students to master the material. And then they can retake it as many times as they need. Um, yeah. I think that's a really powerful thing that um, homeschool parents could be doing. And Google is just one of many different services that have auto graded quizzes. There's a whole bunch that you can look up mm. and that can just be a good foundation. And why is that important? Because, um, you know, when you're studying, when you're thinking about current events, if it's oh, this build back better bill, you can talk, think about how debt affected America in previous eras. You can look at how debt affected mm. Venezuela. If you're studying world history and it's just, you you need to have that historical understanding in order to take informed decisions today. Right. Yeah. And it's just that I can elaborate that, if there's more questions and more yeah. examples. It's like that in, internalized, you know, just the basics that so you have something to go off of, not just your own opinion that's coming out of the blue. There there's actually factual things that are, you're basing uh, our kids are basing their their answers on or or formulating new ideas um, for. So I, I love that. And Google Forms are easy. Yeah. Uh, it takes a little bit of a <laughs> an instructional. And you, I'm sure there's videos out there on how to to create a Google Form if you've never done it before. But um, 
but yeah, there's there's Google for yeah. Um, I think homeschool but, teachers can get access to all that sweet stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also if I can jump in, Peggy, just something I forgot. Mm-hmm. Another reason why his why you know knowledge of history is so important is because you when you study the past, like if it's world history, ancient history, Middle Ages, or even early American history, you. It, it, you don't take things what we have for granted when you understand how rare it is to have a mm-hmm. country where people have rights, have right. the freedoms that we have and and mm-hmm. what it costs to get there. Because, yes. you know, like yeah. recent studies suggest that that what is it of millennials and Gen Z, like 50 mm. percent of them don't think it's important to live in a democracy. And mm. I really think that is from naivete on what the alternatives are and what it right. what it actually means to live in a democracy and that is has to be a foundation of history so in order for students to be able to you know and th- th- there's something that comes along with that which is you can appreciate mm-hmm. what you have even though there's challenges that we all have and there's still difficulties and there's right. still Nothing's things we can perfect. improve yes. as a country <laughs> when you look at yeah, when you look at the hardships that people have went through throughout mm-hmm. time, much less just America, you know, a thousand years right. ago till today, it's it's mm-hmm. really remarkable, and it can kind of open up your eyes and make you think, okay, this is something that's worth protecting, and what do we need to do in order to protect it? And it starts yes. with having citizens who are knowledgeable, who mm-hmm. are thoughtful, and who are putting not just their own self interest. But mm-hmm. uh, thinking, thinking, how can this benefit um, the, the community to John F. Kennedy right. line or whatever, <laughs> what you can do for your country? Yeah, yeah, that that is so true. And and we even see that within the homeschooling realm. I've been involved with um, just kind of the homeschooling movement, like right after. The, and I'm friends with a lot of people who were jailed for homeschooling. And now their kids are, you know, kind of my age and, you know, their grandkids are now starting um, Mm. to homeschool. But for people starting homeschooling, they don't know those things happened unless we tell them that history. And, and that school choice wasn't always as free as it is in our country. Um, But there were people that, that did stand in the gap and did that. So, so yes, throughout history over whatever, um, different fields of study um, or just freedoms that we have to understand that, uh, you know, we take a lot of things for granted. And so I'm glad you did point that out, Dan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how can families help their children transfer historical knowledge to current world events? Yeah. So this one is going to take some creativity um, mm. You know, you might be able to find some like lessons on online and stuff, but just thinking, just, just, just having a lens of, so if you're studying, I, I teach generally, not this year, but generally I teach world history and we start mm. with like ancient civilizations and ancient cultures. And just for instance, I'll start, I'll give an example from my first two. We start with, um, one of our first topics is like the ancient Chinese dynasties and we study Confucius, right? And we study how some of his teachings and how it's influenced China over time, Mm. right? So it's good, you know, so they take a quiz, make sure they know the basics of what Confucius and filiopiety and the five relationships, da, da, da. Um, But then it's like, okay, how do I get them 
to think more deeply about this. How do I get the how do I get history to resonate with them and, and show them why it's important? Mm-hmm. So the next thing I say is we look at the one child policy. So even though the one child policy is like was gotten rid of a few years ago, it's still pretty relevant, right? And it's still a topic that relates to a lot of issues like Mm -hmm. um, population control and issues like um, uh, food scarcity and da-da-da. So Mm -hmm. what we, I basically just through the lens of how would Confucius have felt about the Mm one-child policy, right? So they're they're using something from the past, their foundation there, Then they have to study a new topic and we can watch some videos together and read some things together. These are high schoolers mm-hmm. and it's kind of a heavy topic. It might not be, this might not be something you do with very young kids. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> Modify but, is needed. <laughs> but, but then they have to apply history to a current issue, right? And they have to, mm-hmm. they have to wrestle with that. Yeah. You could, you could do, yeah, I don't know. I'm, the lockdown might be a strategy. Like how would the Confucius have thought about that? But um, but how would how would Confucius? Because he had a lot of say, he had a, a lot of beliefs about government and how government should act benevolently and not authoritarian or not authoritarian. Um, mm. So it's, you could do it through that lens. What would Confucius have thought about the Chinese Communist Party, right? Or mm. th- the way they handled the lockdowns or the way they handled COVID? So you can, right. and you might not. It might be intimidating, and this is one of the things that. It's like, ooh, I might, if, if I'm the parent, I might not know the answer. So I might not be able to correct. But I think this is the exploration uh, that uh-huh. is going to be most valuable. Right. Yeah. So if well, you let go of yeah. the reins, like, oh, there's no answer key here. I don't know if it's right. <laughs> if if your child is applying history, it might not be perfect, mm-hmm. right? Um, right? And it won't be, but they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're applying history to an issue today and then um, trying to come to an yeah, well, it, it makes me think about how um, how different people in a, in, a, in one society can view the same current event. And by giving our kids the basis of why a certain segment would think a certain way based on their foundational beliefs, and then after having memorized what those foundational beliefs were, why... What, what would they think about this current event? It gives you the ability to, to be able to, to know that not always is what I'm thinking what everyone else is thinking. And to have some understanding yeah. and compassion there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and then that's to understand different perspectives, different points of view is also important as a citizen. Um, and you can do this all throughout your curriculum on, so you study an issue and then you just, you know, you can make like, um, uh, you know, know, a lot of times I think people want to say there's two sides to issues, but I really think there's a lot more. How would Mm -hmm. different, you know, if you're talking about, um, you know, um, World War II and pre-World War II and isolationism, like, oh, should we get involved in just picking something randomly? Mm -hmm. How would... You know, um, people in the military have viewed this. How would um, people with business interests with Europe have viewed this? How would Mm -hmm. uh, Jewish Americans have viewed this? How would, you know, whatever, Republicans or Democrats, liberals or conservatives, that way you can look at it through multiple lenses and understand Mm -hmm. there's multiple stakeholders in this issue. And you get a more nuanced and complex understanding and seeing how this is. Um, Yeah. Just to go back to like 
ancient history, one of my first topics, we studied mm-hmm. ca- the caste system in ancient oh, India. And again, that's something that's like, oh, wow, a lot of, and the thing is a lot of societies were pretty much caste based, um, Uh the feudal Europe and feudal Japan. Mm And, um, and so, but, so we look at what is going, so the caste is illegal today in India, but we're, we debate the question, um, is caste, has caste lost its grip on India? And then we look, Mm. at a whole bunch of different current events. So you're just like, I think history should just be bridges. So you you study yeah, something uh-huh. and then you look at an issue that's in the public today mm. and you let the you let you let your child explore that, right? So mm. there's no correct answer. All right, so we're going to look at a couple different, you know, th- this and it might be contradictory and that's and the, mm. you know, history is contradictory, the world today is contradictory. So wait mm-hmm. a minute, this I we read this article and it's showing that the caste system kind of is fading away because this untouchable has gotten rich. But then you read this one and you see that, you know, the majority of the Sudra caste are still living in desperate poverty and then they have to um, wrestle with that. And then, yeah. and then something else from different perspectives mm-hmm. yeah. that I think is important for history is we, we think the caste system is terrible and rightly so. But then mm. I had the kids wonder like, why did it hold for thousands of years? And mm. they listened to this one person who was an untouchable who felt actually valued because the whole community needed him. Uh. That kind of almost relates to civics in a way because he was the only person as an untouchable, even though people, you know, he can't go by the other caste, the other groups in society, and he is an outcast. Mm. He, everyone needs him. When someone dies, he and his family are the only ones who can do the funeral pyres. And he mm-hmm. kind of held his chin up there. And then it just gives students like, oh, wow, okay. So that's another way to see this issue. Right. And um, the yeah. more nuance we can put into our students and our children on complex issues, because, mm-hmm. because it's, it, things are, you know, it's um, <laughs> when I always tell students, like when nothing is black and white, you know, it's not, ho- history is not Hollywood. Current events are not Hollywood. <laughs> exactly. When evil comes, it is not going to, they're not going to call themselves the dark Lord and wear a dark cloak and have ominous music playing behind them. Right. They're going to be, you know, figures like Hitler were beloved. Why did the citizenry, Mm -hmm. you know, so many of them get swept up in this believing he's a savior. So um, Mm -hmm. that's the more nuance we can build into students when we're studying history, seeing from different perspectives, trying to understand the reasonings behind things. They can, to be be more thoughtful um, citizens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about the grades. So I have to come at you as a homeschool mom because yeah. I know a lot of probably moms are asking this question in the back of their head or dads. We have we have quite a few dads that um, are in our community. But how do you grade <laughs> when there's no right answer? Um, you know, what do you base um, your your final grade? Because some of them have to create. Um, report cards in their states or especially in high school transcript. Um, what what do you, you know, base your grading on with your oh. students? So I think that's why it's good to have those memorization. And I would say not just memorization, but understanding. Like when mm. you memorize it, you develop an understanding of it. It's not just like rote memory, but come to an understanding. So that's why you have those as like a bank to build off of. But then for the more... Sometimes I have like a little bit of like participation points in terms of like, okay, you've been putting in effort. 
you've been really trying here. You've been, cause those are also skills that you're trying to develop. Right. And, right, yeah. and trait. So in the classroom as a teacher, you want students, some students are, you know, I, the school I teach at, there's kids who read at a third grade level in my class and there's kids that read at a college mm-hmm. level. It's they're on uneven playing fields. And as a teacher, I'm supposed to be um, supporting both. So if the one who's mm-hmm. has all the skills isn't applying them, then, you know, and this other one, he's struggling to make the mark, but he's developing the traits and the characteristics and the skills mm-hmm. um, to be successful, then there, I think there has to be some kind of padding there, not just participation mm-hmm. trof- uh, trophies for just, oh, you showed up, but you right. worked for it, you know, and, mm-hmm. but, but for like a project, maybe they're writing an essay here. There's no right answer, right? Is the caste right. system fading away? How would Confucius have felt about this? What would Andrew um, Jackson have thought about the Federal Reserve? No right mm-hmm. or wrong answer, but what you do is you build a rubric that mm-hmm. has used evidence, you know, maybe you quantify it, you know, you, you've used at least, you know, five pieces of evidence and explained it to make, mm. a, to make a connection between the past and the present. Maybe it's the number of sources you've used. So you've mm. used multiple mm-hmm. sources um, or at least three current events to apply to what we've um, studied in class. So mm-hmm. it, that you could quantify things like that. Um, another thing is just the, you for me, I'm always working on, if it's a written thing, I'm always working on one piece of writing at a time. So it's mm-hmm. maybe it's you use transition transition sentences, you use, um, you analyzed quotes within your, within your paper. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you should build a rubric that rewards not just, not just, you know, it's historically, it should be a, like a, being applied to history. So you used mm-hmm. certain, you know, like the historical facts you've used were valid and accurate and relevant. So that should mm-hmm. be there. But then you just build a rubric based on what skills you're looking for. If it's a, yeah. if they're doing a, a presentation to their brothers or sisters or their other homeschool group, you know, mm-hmm. how well did they speak? How well was their eye contact? And you're grading on that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then the, um, the, the quality of their argument just based on logic or, or reasoning. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what you want to be yeah. measuring in that, in that perspective, in that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I want to encourage all you parents out there the, that there are, or if it's like something, builders. a product they <laughs> built like, or a multimedia presentation, mm-hmm. you would be measuring, you know, the professionalism, the, um, mm-hmm. the, what, uh, there's a key word that we use as teachers, pride of ownership that you actually put forth effort Mm -hmm. in making it and not just winging it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many other things other than right or wrong answers that you can grade on. And, and so that's, it's so important to remind parents. Yeah. It it can sometimes be daunting and some, some of the rubrics that some teachers use. So, so can we talk about specifically what parents can do at home? Oh, okay. Yes. I apologize. It's, um, I'm, I'm catching bits and then there seems to be a little delay. Yeah. Um, yeah but I, yeah, for, um, please. Oh, I was going to say specifically at home, you know, we have these freedoms where we can go visit historical sites. We can go to a lot of different places. Um, how can we take advantage of those when teaching history and citizenship to really ingrain these, these concepts into our kids? Yeah. So I think that's the big, 
that's the big picture item, right? How do you, mm-hmm. how do you apply these? You know, you can do little projects, like I said, and, and tie the history to now. Um, there's a resource that I can share that has um, a lot of good, um, they build historical thinking skills. It's, it's, it's just called Shag. If you type Shag, Shag in online, they have great, um, they build historical thinking skills and it's, it's from Stanford University. They have lots of free resources for parents mm-hmm. to use. Um, it's grounded in history, but it gets students to be able to develop historical literacy, thinking like a historian. It scaffolds the skills. So they have stuff mm-hmm. that's for like elementary and they have stuff for high school kids. But I, I really encourage there's there's so many different activities that parents could be doing. Instead, so a lot of teachers, they like to do, oh, do a letter to the politician. I think if you're a homeschool parent and maybe you're in a homeschool group, you um, you might find you, you can go on a field trip to when they're when they're doing a town hall, even especially mm-hmm. now with mm-hmm. Zoom town halls. So that could be a project right. that they're participating mm-hmm. um, in, in, in civics with. And maybe it's tied to a something in history that you've been studying. So mm-hmm. um, getting in contact with politicians, I think, is super, super important. Uh, mm-hmm. Your local representatives the you know, think local what is it? Act, act, think global, act local. I really yeah. think until like until we're adults, we should be thinking local and acting local. The more we can get involved in our mm-hmm. local communities, mm-hmm. the more we, you know, do are they um, do they know their local politicians? You know, I think even mm-hmm. by middle school, you to have your students know how the county council works, contacting mm-hmm. them, um, writing letters to them, and do you can do projects. Based, what's great is you can do projects what do you what does your kid love do they love skateboarding mm-hmm. okay well then maybe they can do a campaign for like a skate park in town right right do they are they um do they love the environment do they want to make sure that there's more um you know recycling bins even though recycling we know uh, a lot of the recycling isn't actually environmentally <laughs> quite so sound as we were led yeah. to believe um, but that might be, you know, like, an, but to do an educational um, project about how to actually mm-hmm. reduce and reuse rather than recycle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But going to actually just like participating in those local um, local issues. Um, if if right. they are like on by the ocean. So we do lots of like we've done beach cleanups and service learning mm-hmm. projects mm-hmm. with with our kids. So um, yeah. for one year we did a. Um, there's a beautiful, um, beach and valley right by our school. We did, a we, we, mm. we did, it was actually tied. This is more, this was more tied to science, but, um, how, I, I can't remember exactly how I tied it into history, but it was just more like a civil, <laughs> uh, uh, service learning project for my class where we did mm. beach cleanups. We studied the, the water in, because a lot of it, there was a lot of pollutants that were coming from um, upstream. So we studied that, the fertilizers. Um, so just, I think you can work with the passions of your kid, figure out what it is, and then what, how could they get involved locally on that issue? They can look at recent bills. You can study, you know, w- what resolutions are up for a vote. That's mm-hmm. super important. Um, and, you know, maybe they or maybe they organize something, raise money for something. But I think mm-hmm. there's a saying like you can't read about pushups. 
right? <laughs> exactly. So you can't like yeah. reading, reading about pushups is not going to get you in shape. Reading about how to run a marathon is not going to get mm-hmm. you in shape. You actually have to do the work. So yeah. while studying mm-hmm. history is important and it, it's like the foundation, it's the groundwork, what you actually then need to do is actually get involved. And right. um, like, it is so empowering as to, to get kids involved and not, you know, I do, we, I, I'm a little weary when students who are in middle school are, or elementary school or even high school are, you know, we don't want to activate them and we don't want to, I, I fear there's a lot of teachers out there and I'm sure that's maybe why there's, a, you know, some of your audience decided to homeschool because mm-hmm. um, teachers are generally, you know, most of them are, especially where I'm from, most of them are pretty liberal and some of them are very mm-hmm. radical. And then they kind of not just indoctrinate, but activate. So they make kids yeah. take action that they're basically <laughs> is on issues that the teacher is passionate about. And then they mm-hmm. use them to get them to take action and the kids can get into it and it can spark passion. So there mm-hmm. is, you know, maybe something there, but I, that's why I think when it's not the national politics that is so mm-hmm. contentious and when it's local, not to say you can't do anything at the national level and write about think, write to your senator or write to your governor, mm-hmm. um, or sorry, that would be state level. But I'm thinking more just township when you're young. Right. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. you there's there's so I, I'm a little weary of like activating kids, but more getting them experience in how to you know make how to make change that is important. So if right. we know that there's one area in town where there people keep speeding and we need a traffic light there or we need a crosswalk there that's something that kids you know when you're in middle school you can actually um, affect change on that you know Mm. there's to save a park to plant more trees to to do a beautification project to um Mm -hmm. you know clean up an old an old area that's like kind of crumbling um build a playground in this part of town these are things that Mm -hmm. kids can become involved in and it there is when they can do that, they can realize how to take larger actions um, later. So mm-hmm. I, I think one thing is just get involved in civil um, civil projects and service learning projects. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how do you grade these? You can imagine, you know, tie it for whatever their interest. You can kind of do this thematically. So imagine they're into mm-hmm. community gardening. Okay, you can tie yeah. this to victory gardens during the World Wars, right? So they study how victory gardens mm-hmm. were yeah. um, during World War One, World War Two, and then they um, apply it and, and build connections. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they make a plaque if they're interested in uh, in parks. So like they want to conserve land or improve a park in town, make it more child friendly, or da da da, get some skating things in there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm a skater. <laughs> like I, I was a skater, <laughs> so I keep referencing when I was young. But then you can study the CCC during the New Deal and some of the public yeah. work projects mm-hmm. on how they were involved and make connections there, bridge gaps there. Um, so whatever the issue is, you know, make turn into a research project. Okay, let's look in history how mm-hmm. this was. Um, how, you know, where's a root in history that we can latch onto? Mm-hmm. Study that, and then that could be a grade. Um, and then the, like that makes history, you know, come alive. It gives them a reason right. to study it. Mm-hmm. It sees the relevancy right in, right in front of them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that they're not going to forget. You know, they're going to be, right. be, have an yeah. emotional mm-hmm. attachment mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. 
And that is the gold of teaching, you know, and you can't do that for every project. So maybe you, you know, you can't be doing right. that every week. Like, oh, we're going to, you know, fund the <laughs> town garden. But that might be something you do once a year. It might be something mm -hmm. twice a year. But those things can really, they pay dividends later, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So mm -hmm. that, that takes some backward mapping, you know, and planning mm -hmm. out how you're going to do that. And if you just typed in, there's lots of resources for um, service learning projects or PBL, which is just uh, project-based learning. But I really think the next level, instead of just project-based learning, where they might make a multimedia presentation, make a, mm -hmm. um, you know, give a, give a TED, TEDx talk kind of thing, instead mm -hmm. of that, tie it to service. Tie it yeah. to, you know, raising awareness about a health issue, being, you know, whatever it is, you know, so if it's about health issues, maybe, you know, study how when the foundations of Coca-Cola in the 1920s with prohibition and stuff. So you can always, I think, mm -hmm. find something to attach it to in history, have mm -hmm. your student, you know, every child do some research on it. And like I said, just kind of try to bridge that, um, bridge that gap, you know? Yeah. 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 And I, I remember having a guest on a while ago and um, they brought up the concept of how when we have a relationship with something and it brings in other people, that that learning sticks more than anything else mm -hmm. that we, we will ever study or learn because we are relational people. And, and so we learn best through sharing stories and being involved in each other's lives. And so it's very important that you bring learning out of the books and into these places like Dan's talking about. I just love that. Here's a few quick things that you should be doing with history to build um, civic skills and citizens, uh, citizenship skills. Do profiles encourage to, again, I'm quoting JFK, uh -huh. I don't know why it's on my mind, but do, do bio, when you're doing biographies of different people from, you know, Rosa Parks, George Washington, Susan B. Anthony, Make have them study because when you're studying people, Malala Yousafzai, whoever it is, you you can see how a human impacted change, right? And mm -hmm. I think doing you could do mm -hmm. um, visual illustrated timelines of them, but I think mm -hmm. a lot of people try to focus on their achievements. Oh, what did Frederick mm -hmm. Douglass achieve? What did Abraham Lincoln achieve? Um, but what I think is also equally important for our young ones is. What difficulties did they yes. face? So what mm -hmm. obstacles did they surmount and, and how? And yeah. because, they, they, you know, when you're, if you're actually trying to affect change on anything that's going to be, you know, substantial and important, mm -hmm. even if it's something like I want to build a, you know, we want to do a crosswalk here, right? Mm -hmm. I want to even, you know, there's like those little flags so that when you're crossing the neon flags, even doing mm -hmm. that, you're going to have to deal with bureaucracy. You're going to have to deal yes. with frustrations. Mm -hmm. So learning how others, because I do think hero stories are important because mm -hmm. it gives us something to look up to, to inspire us. We've seen, we know somebody has struggled th mm -hmm. through something in order to achieve, right? And yeah. it makes, it empowers you to be able to do to do that. So I really think when you're mm -hmm. studying history is a, is a, is a story and it's so important that it's not just, so I, maybe I'm pushing it back against myself. It's not just, you know, when you're member after you're making sure they're understanding key things, mm -hmm. you also want to make sure they you're getting a human story in there. Yes. So always try mm -hmm. to think who are, who are a couple people 
who can be inspiring my child in this unit, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and there might be some very unlikely ones that, um, yeah. that you can find. And then, you know, just, just reading up about them. And then you could turn that into like a little mini research project. What difficulties do they have? What, how do they overcome them? And, mm-hmm. oh, I have a project I can share and maybe your, yeah. you know, your, um, mm-hmm. audience can just download it for free. It, it's for like high school. You could do it in middle school too. It's called the be the change project where they mm-hmm. study a figure in world history. Uh, you get adapted to American history. I, I make one rule cause it is world history and they're going to get a lot of American history. No American, um, <laughs> figures. I say it has to be world. So you could just change it if it's a U.S. history class. And they have to study that person, what difficulties, so, you know, quick bio, um, what, what is their legacy, like kind of an introduction, and then mm. what challenges did they go through in life? And mm. um, how were they able to overcome them? And then what were they able to achieve? And then the last part is, and this is the, the, the key thing, what, what has this person inspired you to do? Or what can you, mm. how can you follow this person's example in order to make a change on an issue you care about? Yeah. And I just yeah. get such beautiful essays mm-hmm. from my students every year. And then they form like discussion groups and they share with one another. And it can be really inspiring to hear these, you know, mm-hmm. these people, oh, Gandhi, you know, oh, he got a British independent, you know, mm-hmm. independence from Britain against this huge empire. But then when you hear the difficulties or Martin Luther King, you know, his moments of doubt and his darkest hours and how, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, the government conspiring against them and different civil rights groups turning on him and stuff. Mm. It can really, I think, uh, make our kids feel like they, you know, difficulty is part of the, it it will be in the, it's in the cards of being a citizen, Mm -hmm. um, trying to uh, affect change and being a productive person in your community and in life. Right. Yeah. 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 So I can share that with you and then your audience can download that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so good because, um, we have kids that struggle, um, and and they they think that they're the only one um, that's out there struggling, mm-hmm. and yet they they aren't. And we all go through struggles, but it, what do we do when we're in the struggle? And seeing how other people have um, have done that is is so important. Um, just to to know that 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 that's it's it's a normal part of life. It's not just mm-hmm. something that we, we, we alone are experiencing and the world's against us. And, but yet overcoming yeah. is when we get noticed <laughs> and when we make change, it's not when we let those things just um, take over and, and yeah, do just knock us down and we stay there. So um, Creative Minds Homeschooling says the best yeah. history lessons I learned was talking to someone who survived con- the concentration camps. Um, again, it's back to that relationship aspect. Yeah. Um, and then if I, I know we're kind of running a little low on time, I can share like yeah. one other um, thing that they could do, which I think is important mm-hmm. or a lot of a lot of I know definitely in the teaching profession, and I'm sure some of that like leaks because that's based on state standards and stuff goes goes to you you homeschool teachers as well, homeschool parents, is argumentative writing. And in history, a lot of history teachers love just like, oh, you know, like, um, should they should they have passed the second New Deal, like if you're studying the Great Depression, or you, mm. you tie it to a current event, like should the Build Back Better um, bill be passed, just to pick something very 
And then it's just like, yes or no. Right. And then mm-hmm. you're, you grade them based on using evidence and then explaining the evidence and, you know, having a good thesis and that's okay. But I really think the next level that actually builds better citizenship skills for our mm-hmm. students and also just builds better kind of entrepreneurial um, skills as well that can be transferred is what is a, how do you find, how do we get different groups to come to a solution on this issue? So a project I just did before winter break with my AP students, and this is something I can share too that your audience can just download and check out, is so a contentious issue, at least a couple of years ago, it's kind of faded a little bit now, was the Confederate monuments, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of teachers would just do, should we remove the Confederate monuments or not, right? And then the kids debate, and that, there's, that's good, right? They, they need to learn mm-hmm. how to use evidence and, and make arguments and informed opinions. That's great. But I think something that's, if you take it a little further is, how can we get the different groups? To, how, what is a solution on this? How do we get the, the different groups in our town? So maybe you live in a, a town, a southern town, and there's even some monuments mm-hmm. in northern towns as well. Yeah. To what, what would be a reasonable solution that could reflect our values and make mm-hmm. everyone happy here? So I mm-hmm. had my students, they studied 11 primary sources from the past. Then they also mm-hmm. watched a couple current event clips on what was happening in Hawaii. We don't, <laughs> there's no Confederate <laughs> monuments. We're a little estranged from that. So I put right. them as they, they um, I gave them the scenario. You are on the Richmond. Uh, we pretended we were in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and you were on the Richmond um, Monument Executive Committee. And all of a sudden it's like, ooh, I'm on the Executive Committee. And I get to, yeah. so uh-huh. they're in a group <laughs> of people, a group of students. And that's empowering. Like, oh, I feel, mm-hmm. so I think when you make scenarios, like you are this for this project, that can be really mm-hmm. cool. And then they had to, um, you know, study those. And then they had to come to a salute. They had to, how does this, mm-hmm. you know, how do the pro-monument people feel? And why do they feel that way? How are there people who want to tear them all down? How do they feel? And mm-hmm. what could be a reasonable solution? And then they had to make a video presentation um, and then they had mm. to comment on each other's. But I think that is so much more. And even though it's, you know, hard to actually get, you know, there's a lot more dirtiness that would come, you know, political contention that would get mm-hmm. in the way if if they tried to enact that solution. But at least they're thinking, how do we actually bridge the gap? It's great to say they should come down or shouldn't, but it's the work of citizens today, I think the number one thread, and I think we all kind of know this, in America is not another country, but us tearing, not being able to listen to each other, us not being right. able to so talk, mm-hmm. you know, even at Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, like, oh, don't talk about politics because it's going to mm-hmm. erupt in it. And just imagine <laughs> not your family, and but people who, you know, live on the other side of town who feel differently, you know, than you and went to mm-hmm. a different school is getting our kids to try to work on solutions that can satisfy, right? Because America Mm -hmm. has been a nation of compromise from the constitution, the North and the South and, and, you know, merchants and farmers all trying to work together. So how do we instill this um, Mm. um, skill of coming up with reasonable solutions that are reflecting our values, but also Mm. can satisfy that we can live with together. So I, and and the the projects, this was the first year I did it. It turned out great. So if there's, Mm. if there's an issue in your community that's being debated that you can tie to history and then have your Mm -hmm. child come up with some kind of what, what could actually work, you know, and then Mm -hmm. they can base it. If you can find some historical things to to base it in, but if not, it's just still a skill Mm. on an issue today that they're coming to a a solution on. So solutions-based activities, anytime you can do that, I think it would be great. 
um, mm -hmm. for our kids. Yeah. Yeah, I know Dan has shared a lot of resources and he's he's already shared a lot of those links with me. I'll make sure that they get into the YouTube feed after the show so that you can go on and just click on those um, instead of us putting them up on the screen and you trying to scramble and write them down or, or pause the screen and, and get those written down. So we'll make sure that we get you um, those resources because Dan has a lot of great stuff and I want to make sure that you are able to access that. So Dan, as we are closing out our time, I would just love for you to talk a little bit about your your website history for humans um, and and just what um, parents may be able to find on your website sure and i just want to give kudos to um your audience member who shared about the uh, concentration camp the mm -hmm. story um i brought in um a virtual guest like you know there, there, there are some silver linings with with covid and how it's transforming <laughs> education and he gave yes. a virtual talk about surviving the concentration camp. So, mm. and all my students at the end of the year reflection, and I thought it was going to be a little boring for the kids because he didn't really have a video and he didn't have much multimedia. And he was just going to, he's like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to speak about my experiences. And I have some pictures mm -hmm. and I'll show, but for like 50 minutes, I'm just going to, and I'm like, wow, my students, you know, ninth graders, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to handle just somebody speaking. And while they're at home, most of them, you know, just right. looking at their screens, mm. so many of them said that was the most powerful lesson all year. To which I thought, I'm like, oh man, what about all the ones, all the crazy activities <laughs> I do? But um, yeah, no, <laughs> a story can be super, 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 you know, it resonates because you, you, mm. you put yourself in their shoes. Um, right. And you might be able to, to, to just throw one more thing before my website. Yeah. If there's like a local change agent in your town or like a local politician who's inspiring, telling their story on how they got involved. Mm. And with Zoom, it's mm. easier than ever. You know, they might be able to come in yes. for 15 or 20 minutes, but that could resonate you know like right you never know how one person's individual story can can make a, a, a change you know more than reading in the book it becomes more mm -hmm. real yeah. but um yeah so my website um historyforhumans.com i left the classroom um last this is my first year not in the classroom in about 12 years <laughs> but longer i was doing ea stuff before that and i realized that the covid hit i wanted and so many teachers were scrambling, looking for like lessons mm. and how do I teach my, my kids and what's like, uh, like distance learning. So I create, I started to create story-based curriculum. So I'm really big into stories. I think mm. stories are what make help have us make sense of the world. So I started, I have a high school curriculum that's post-Civil War. So starting with the industrialization to the civil rights movement. And I'll be making some more later, but I put that on pause all different. Um, and there's full lesson plans that go with the videos. So there's like mm. 12 minute YouTube videos. Those are free. You can just watch them online, but then there's lesson plans that go with them. There's a quick interactive note sheet. There's a Google mm. form quiz. So it's auto graded. You can make sure they get hundred percent. And then there's a critical thinking, um, activity that goes alongside it. Maybe they're reading mm. primary sources. Maybe they're designing a logo for like a civil rights organization, all of them are varied to keep students engaged in different skills and not getting like, yeah. you know, bored doing the same thing over and over. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and then lastly, I started to build, um, um, like an upper elementary curriculum and I have about seven episodes and seven lessons for, um, like maybe 10 to 12 year olds, um, and some middle school, middle school would be good for it too. So I have some civil war and now I did a trail of tears and now I'm doing um, mm. Alamo and Texas independence right now. I'm editing it. So awesome. lots of good history stuff with full lesson plans so that you don't have to scramble and still find a whole bunch of things to do that you can download. 
Right. So I yeah. think it's powerful yeah. for our kids to have story-based education. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so, yeah, so as we're um, kind of wrapping up, um, I just want to thank you, Dan, for all that you shared. I'm trying to block a user, but it's not working right now. Um, so we'll take care of that in a minute. Um, anyways, <laughs> so... Um, but but just thank you for all that um, that you shared, and um, I hope it has spurred a lot of you um, with uh, as parents just to to know that there is so much that you can do to to cross over lessons. I think we feel like we're only covering one subject at a time, and that. Um, that we can't teach civics and history or we can't, you know, teach cooking and history. And, and there's, there's so many, there's, there's so much crossover, especially <laughs> oh, with yeah. history. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so definitely be, um, be on, be mindful that you can be teaching a lot of things at the same time. So, so thanks again, Dan, um, just for sharing your wisdom. I encourage you to, to check out Dan's website again at History for Humans. And, um, and I want to thank our audience just for, for joining us um, in this conversation. Um, this is just one of the many resources we have at Sped Homeschool. So I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com as well as um, our, our secondary website, which is um, empoweredhomeschool.org. And we, I just added up a couple audiobooks now that we're, we're selling on there. So um, some different things that our partners are um, putting up on that marketplace as well. So, um, so yeah, and we're going to continue this conversation about um, school choice into next week as we talk about how school choice is your parental right. And so we're going to talk about parental rights with um, Dr. Rebecca Spencer, who is a return guest and um, talking on a whole different subject. I think the last time I had her on, we talked about dyslexia. So, <laughs> um, so anyways, she's a, she has a lot of um, great information to share. And um, I, I just want to thank you, Dan, for, for reaching out and connecting with us at Sped Homeschool and um, telling us about your resources, because um, this was this was a very inspiring hour. And um, just thank you for all that you do and all that you do for students and teachers and, and homeschool parents alike. Yeah, well, well, thanks, Peggy. I appreciate you having me and it was a great conversation. And if anyone at home has any yeah, questions or wants to reach out and I love talking teaching, I love talking history. So um, don't, don't hesitate to reach out on my email or any of my other social media stuff. So take awesome. good care, guys. Keep up the All good work. right. Yeah. All right. Well, and thank you, everybody. And we will see you next week right here at the um, same time and same place. And so until then, have a great week. We'll see you then. Bye, everyone. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.